0: Everybody. Welcome back to You Can't Win. This is Tom here and I'm joined by Don as usual. And we're joined today by our good old friend Alex. He's back again and we're going to be discussing, well, the obvious, the, the big change in, in the news is that we uh, have a new president-elect in the United States, Joe Biden. Joe Robinet Biden. We'll be talking about that and uh, trying to stay away from kind of like the hyper punditry and just sort of like getting some first impressions, and I don't know, just sort of like some conversation around that. Uh, For my part, I am very disappointed to see that yet again, Americans have voted to have a president. I was really hoping we could avoid this uh, once and for all, but, you know, Bernie died, uh, Trump's going to jail, and, uh, you know, Biden is retarded, and yet still we have managed to find ourselves in this position once again. So, you know, it's not up to me, though. It's none of my business. But here we are. Uh, uh, anyway, so how how are you guys feeling about this?
1: Uh kind of the way you are, you know, it would have been great if we could have just skipped it all, but I thought it was going to end up just about like this where it would be more narrow than you know, than than the poll showed and it did, and it was kind of exactly what they said was going to happen. It's going to drag on for days and Trump's going to say he didn't lose. You know, it kind of went the way they said, and it was, you know, not fun. Yeah. It shouldn't drag yeah. on this long.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I mean, as a Canadian, uh, seeing... Well, even just the ballots and stuff, all that stuff, it's very strange to us seeing, like, dozens of names on them and all different offices and, like, ballot measures and all this kind of stuff. And and then uh, then it taking... You know, and then it's always like some sort of strange machine. It's not just like, like we just, you know, most times when I vote, I just use like a pencil or, you know, and just like mark an X on one name out of like five names. And that's my job for four years or something kind of thing. Right. But like, uh, I don't know. So it's very strange seeing all these things going on about like, uh, it's like you put it into some sort of vote harvester and then it feels like, uh, Mickey Mouse operation or something. So, yeah. I don't know, which is why, you know, I'm pretty sure it was stolen from Trump.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, that's the thing. We've never really known how any of these elections work. So, you know, you could think they were all, you know, it could all be run out of, you know, the CIA. That wouldn't,
0: you know, that wouldn't.
1: And you would never know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen a vote. Have you guys ever seen a vote? Yeah. People talk about these things. I've never personally seen one. How do we know yeah. they're actually real? You know. Yeah. So that's one thing Alex is that
3: neither uh, Tom and I voted. So did you vote? I did vote.
0: I okay. went ahead
1: and I pulled the lever and I voted straight de- ticket Democratic. Okay. Okay. For the first time, I did not vote even though I was eligible for Barack Obama or in any of those by elections. I did vote for Bernie earlier this year. Yeah, but I had not pulled the lever before, and okay. well, I was I was sick of I was sick of having the Republicans in charge. Yeah. I can't you know have any confidence going forward. But you know I was sick of them. I've never really liked them. You know I've had a lot of criticisms of the Democrats and the left in general. But I was sick of them. You know part of it is really the the the, the environment stuff. You know yeah, I like the environment. That's, that's something fair. that. You know, it's it's interested me for a long time, and, you know, I think that the Democrats are a little bit better You know, sometimes yeah. the Republic you know, they're not always right. I don't think they're right on nuclear power, and they're certainly um, compromised in that regard. But I thought, you know, let's see the other guys give it a shot for a little while. Yeah.
3: Uh, do you expect anything to happen with the environmental stuff, like in, in- you know,
1: um, a little bit. I think it's going to be very minor stuff that yeah. Biden can just do himself. I think that I think that um, there had been some Trump reversals on that policy around the the Clean Air Act stuff. Okay, but yeah, I don't yeah. think anything went through Congress. I think it was all executive fiat. So I yeah. believe that there's going to be a you know marginally more attempts at carbon regulation but yeah. it it's not you know carbon regulation itself really isn't enough it's not really a, pl- a a plan to to fix the energy system it's just sort of a you know aspiration that if we do this it'll fix itself sure and you know I, i've actually been kind of happy with some of the things that have been going on in the in that regard even regardless of trump Trump wanted to bring back coal, coal is way down, it's going down, and it's on the way out, basically. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think that there are a few things that would change in a very minor way. There may be some other things that I don't like that are going to go through like a gun control bill, but you know, the, I would say the environment stuff is more important for me.
2: Just mm-hmm.
1: as my big issue.
0: Yeah, I, uh, like didn't Trump uh, defund the epa pretty harshly it, what, did that stick i, I remember when that i happened, heard
1: some, you know i heard stories about that um i'm not totally for i think that a lot of it was scare scare stories you know mm-hmm. they were saying like oh you know we're got he's not going to fund any any studies about the climate and and it's just going to be you know the end of the world but i haven't really noticed any difference you know maybe there's some climate scientists that could be like no, you know, I lost my job over that. It really sucks, but I don't think that that ended up being a big deal,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I guess it will be kind of nice to, uh, like, Trump just left the we we left the Paris Agreement. I guess Biden's There's one that. of his promises is that we're going to get back in that mm-hmm. for whatever you know for whatever that's worth. I mean, for whatever I know, it's that worth, even means, you know, yeah.
1: that might be the most least important part because these things are just a whole bunch of posturing by. You know, it's it's like yeah. being in the WTO basically. It's
2: right. It doesn't right.
1: it doesn't have any real effect. Well actually the WTO has more effect. The WTO yeah. can sanction you. I just mean it's like being in the WTO in that like why would you care? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It just commits you to targets that you can ignore. I don't know. So yeah. <laughs> <Right>. um, yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> um Yeah, I don't know. I think that Canada that's that's gonna be the main like Uh, the main sort of upshot for Canada and stuff is that you probably see like Trudeau and Biden and a few other countries like Macron and stuff like, uh, um, you know, being like, uh, uh, you know, internationalism is back. And then a lot of like really weird little treaties and stuff, like little agreements trying to make it look like, uh. I don't know, the whole world has uh, become progressive again or something, but we'll see. And
1: and yeah. I guess, you know, there'll be the benefit of, you know, Europeans and Canadians are going to like us again. Yeah. You know, they haven't yeah. liked us very much when we had Trump. Yeah. And they, they all, even in like Poland, which has a pretty right-wing government, I think they all like hate Trump or maybe just slightly less than in France yeah. or Britain.
3: Yeah. I think, I think Pol- if, yeah.
0: Poland was one of the governments that said they refused to recognize Biden. They're recognizing Trump as the actually elected <laughs> are, yeah. are they they went that far they're, they're recognizing I trump i see some tweet it's from some like pepe guy i don't know you know <laughs> it's True. hard to yeah. say
1: oh well look maybe we'll get a chance to talk about those guys because it's yeah. been fun watching the reaction
0: yeah yeah I, I was really expecting uh post-election twitter to really stink but it's been awesome we had the first night trump looks like he was winning that was really fun to see everyone crying about the polls and everyone declaring victory for like based god emperor trump you know got to have one night of that the next yep. day it switches and everyone you know it's the complete reversal so i got the best of both worlds you know both sides are crying and i'm just like on cloud it, oh, nine. it, it was good it was good you know if you're
1: watching the people that are losing If Mm -hmm. you're watching, you know, the general discourse, I thought it was pretty abysmal. But then everyone every once in a while would just come up and be like, you know, if Trump wins Arizona, you know, they shouldn't have called that, you know. And if if he wins this and he wins this, it's like, oh, so that's how we're doing it. We're in the bargaining stage here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then it just got quite insane. But we can talk about that later. Sure,
0: sure. Um, Yeah, I I guess one thing that's kind of interesting, I wasn't expecting to feel this way, but it's kind of nice to have a sense that they're just the whole uh, weird mirage of like fake news in like in the sense that like you can't trust anything like everything is just a scam and bullshit. Like it's sort of nice to feel like that is dissipating a little bit and it's sort of back to your standard like CIA propaganda yeah, kind yeah. of thing you know you kind yeah. of yeah. you know what you're getting you know who's the bad guys and stuff it's not just like everyone is trying to like yank you this way and that and so i don't know i i kind of feel uh, comfortable with that at least in the uh right now i'm i'm sure that in a month from now or whatever i mean <laughs> like <laughs> that's not even going to be the biden oh, presidency yeah. at that point but yeah.
1: yeah i mean maybe by the time this this drops you know maybe it'll be back to something even weirder
0: yeah, who knows? Yeah. yeah, things are changing
3: kind of rapidly. I was really surprised at how hard Twitter came down on Trump and stuff. Like and not only that, but like all the sort of people around in the like media ecosystem around Trump and stuff, they really have turned on him pretty quickly, a lot of them. And uh but even oh, then, like, I don't yeah. know, it's just a very strange thing it to It didn't like take on. long yeah. at all, did it? Yeah. It's yeah, very it's strange to just see all these labels on Trump's tweets, though. I don't know. I feel like you know the age of mod stuff is getting worse, but we'll see what happens with. The, <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah, with Kamala Harris in the background, in the shadows, she's kind of like, I don't know. I feel like that is the age of the mods, like ascending. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> well, she gives me real Patrick Bateman Bateman vibes. <laughs> you yeah. agree? Like, you know, Pete, I think the Champo thing was that that Pete Buttigieg was insane. It's got. She's way more insane than he is.
0: Yeah, she yeah. seems uh, very, like, plastic people sort of a thing. Like, there's, like, a slight delay whenever she, uh, like, someone says something and she kind of registers, oh, this is my time to laugh. Like, there's a slight yep, half-second yep. delay, and then she does, like, that yeah. weird, like, canned laughter.
3: Yeah. Did you see her speech tonight or no? A bit of it? or I mm-hmm. have, I'm assuming I Tom have. didn't, but, like. Nope. <laughs> like, oh, no. I, I was guess. I was
0: asleep. Yeah. Yeah,
1: right. So. Took a, took a early evening nap. Yeah. Cause I, I, you know, I'd woken up at four in the morning and I knew I was going to be on here. It's like, well, I got to fit that in there somewhere. Sure. Mm. So I didn't watch any of that. And I don't really care what they said. I can't imagine it was yeah. anything. Else. Did you watch no. any of it?
3: Well, so I, I saw a few seconds of it. And, uh, the, the thing that was notable was that she sounded like, uh, you know, Xanax, you know, like just, uh, or, you <laughs> know, like just, and, uh, it just it sounded like she was giving a speech for like just random stuff, kind of stuff, you know, like as if she was like at a fundraiser in San yeah, Francisco yeah, she, for like
1: she could have been selling could have been selling you timeshares.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she was she was doing that thing too that Tom was mentioning where she just kinda very, very deliberate, very careful in how she's speaking, even though she's supposed to be like the most excited she is in her life or something. Like I don't know. So uh very very strange it's going to be weird uh they're they're really really pushing hard the whole you know dream team stuff so she's going to be like uh like she called him and told him that they won or whatever and then they kind of contrived this moment where it was like uh trying to look like you know we did it like we're we're the team kind of thing and yeah that that is going to get really annoying really fast and uh i don't know we'll see how that goes but yeah
0: the lizard people are back baby (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, oh yeah. yeah Yeah, I don't know. Did you guys see the Biden speech the other night? The uh, one, no. um, yeah.
1: The, no, I, I actually, I didn't watch any of his speeches. I didn't watch any of their speeches. In fact, I, I caught, I caught
0: the Trump one and I caught the Biden one. The Trump one was pretty typical Trump, ex, you know, in the sense of like, you know, we we could have won. The fake news was lying. You know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Except he was clearly sort of like a little bit. He, he's he always like through his presidency he's always kind of felt like uh like that based quality comes from him being like one step ahead of everybody mm-hmm. like he's sort of mm-hmm. outplaying the the people who have to kind of play by the rules and now the rules are kind of one step ahead of him so it was so, sort yeah. of like him being kind of like pathetic and all those mm-hmm. little tricks and that rhetoric that he deploys just wasn't working anymore and it was that's just fun to watch you know and sure yeah kind of him being like punished trump is pretty awesome yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) but uh uh, the biden thing there's something really weird about it uh it it was like at a parking lot that was full of jeeps like full of new like 2020 model jeeps really every single yeah very strange and there's been a bunch of like conspiracy theories about that and stuff i saw one that was supposedly showing that he was not actually at the event that it was just a video that was shown on a large screen. And they kind of like when they were showing this on like the kind of like the mainstream news, like MSNBC and all that, they were showing the venue and showing how like they're doing this thing in the cars. It's like a socially distanced kind of, you know, like COVID safe sort of thing. And then they cut to his speech and it sort of like, doesn't show you that it's just on the projection. And, so
1: he's a hologram. Yeah.
0: So I don't know if that's true or not. That would be I I could believe it, but I also don't necessarily trust the source I got it from. I get all my news from uh, the subreddit r/slash conspiracy, and that's where I saw it. <laughs> so I don't know, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It was a uh, it was a very weird speech. You know, he did his typical like kind of like stuttering and kind of not being able to get through things. hundred yeah, uh, percent, I- but. It's, you know,
1: it's really weird that he managed to get this far being completely just a terrible public speaker.
0: Yeah, right. Well,
1: and he was not always this bad.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know whatever Hunter's been smoking the. The good Chinese crack. I think maybe he's been given some of that to, to old Joe to help him get through this campaign. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: that's one of the main reasons I didn't want. I probably should have watched the Trump speech, but I don't like watching Biden speak. He's not good at it. I would say that it's basically the, the dementia thing. That's really
0: the only thing it can be. Yeah. I don't know. Do you guys think he's going to make it four years? He might not.
3: I don't think so, he, no.
0: You know,
1: he'll, I would say my guess would be yes, they'll they'll give him whatever research drugs they need to keep him through it, but he basically wasn't there to
0: begin with. Yeah. Yeah. It would be really funny if he, like, died of COVID, like, the day before Inauguration oh, yeah. or something. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you think they they, they, they do something like with Osama where it's like, we gave him a traditional Irish Catholic burial at sea, you know, (laughs) no no video of the burial, you know, just kind of a a statement from the FBI or something.
1: Well, what does happen if he dies before inauguration day? Does uh, Kamala become president or does Trump?
0: Probably Kamala. I don't know, though.
1: I would think so. They voted yeah. for that ticket. That would be really funny, though, if that happened. If, we ended, if He just dies and it's like, oh, turns out, you know, we read the election rules. Trump wins now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or actually, even better, if he doesn't die, but he just becomes so senile. Like, he's totally, like, just incapable of, like, speaking properly at all. Like, they have to kind of do, like, a weekend at Bernie's thing. Like, they kind of, like, bring him up to the podium and, like, play something, like, recorded, you know, like, AI. His voice is all, like, AI-generated and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, Do you think Trump's going to survive
0: until 2024? Yeah, he's a healthy zone. Uh,
1: so. you, you have to imagine he's going to be back.
0: He beat COVID, man. He's he's invincible.
1: Oh, yeah. Mm. And, yeah, he's stronger now, nanomachines.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like he's on his way out. I, I feel like uh, he's going to have that thing where, I don't know. I mean, I guess he could go either way. He could either be re- revitalized by leaving office or he could be end up being like, uh, you know, tweeting two years from now being like if you look at the records in philadelphia and stuff you know like really (laughs) really i don't know he goes all uh, sam hyde yeah yeah or like howard hughes like just doesn't cut his nails sits in Mm the back you know in his is like some estate mar-a-lago whatever just goes like you know
0: he does have the germaphobe thing already sure
3: yeah yep yeah he was
1: right all along
3: yeah I think I, I, for some reason I just thought that it'd be fun if he became an inventor. Like he started like <laughs> he started like living in like something and being like I have developed. He like becomes friends with Elon Musk, but just has bad
0: ideas and stuff. Yeah, know. him and Kanye, they start inventing <laughs> yeah, stuff. He's yeah, like yeah, yeah. designing, you know, like shoes or whatever with Kanye. Sure, yeah. So
1: yeah, I uh, I think he's still going to be around. And we really, you know, it's it's an interesting time because we don't really know what's going to happen, next, sure, as far as politics goes. Um, probably not anything good. But
3: do you think that uh, I guess you know this is kind of one of those you know big things where it just I, I kind of want your take on it, even though it is pretty straightforward. Is like, do you think that the the left is going to be like the activist left kind of stuff is going to be stronger because of this because they have like a easier someone more theoretically pliable that they can fight against, or is it going to be uh hurt, you know, hurt because, uh, um, they don't have the, you know, big target of uh, bad, big, bad mm. Trump.
1: Well, I mean, I don't think that the activist left per, it, it, if you're speaking strictly like somebody who was, you know, on the ground in the black lives matter protests over the summer, is going to have any real influence on you know federal-level politics here. But I sure. think that kind of activist left stuff was so successful in the broader liberal culture that it's just kind of going to have an osmosis effect on all that stuff, mm-hmm. as long as Biden's in office. It. It's going to have effect on some of, if not necessarily the people who are at the top-level appointments, it's going to have an effect on the broader culture of whatever's going on there yeah and, and it'll probably have some influence informally
3: yeah i've seen a sort of a vein of like a you know a stream of memes around uh, like including like a washington post editorial that was like thank black women for electing biden and stuff <laughs> and a lot yes. of stuff around that and uh, it's funny because I don't know if I heard that and uh, I were a black woman which people can't see me I'm not but like uh <laughs> if uh you know if if I heard that I would just feel like that was the worst pandering I don't know like I just I would feel like uh, really really diminished by this idea that somehow you're a superhero for uh, just cuz part of your demographic went one way or the other I don't know it just uh, it seems such like a cheap thing but I don't know I mean at the same time there is that sort of thing where uh maybe i'm just you know i don't know like the the counter might be i'm so used to it in every other aspect of the world that like i just don't see it otherwise you know like, right just so used to turning on star wars or whatever and like having the white male hero or whatever you know i don't know
1: i mean i guess that is the that's the um that's a charitable reading of it, but I think a sure. lot of that stuff is a lot more cynical than that. Sure. You know, yeah. it, it's, and it's hard to even separate at a certain level. Like I don't necessarily disagree with that sentiment. And I think even, you know, probably a lot of more based guys than I, you know, could sympathize with be like, Oh, you know, I'm a woman. I don't have enough role models in a general sense. Yeah. Um, but I think it, at at this point that kind of thing has become so politicized and so linked into all these other political issues and cultural issues that it's hard to take anyone anyone who says it at face value. That that's mm-hmm. really what right. they're concerned about.
0: I feel like a lot of stuff is actually directed at white liberals to make them feel sure. like I think so. Yeah. They're yeah. on the, the good guy team, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Which is like I don't know if you really need to reinforce that message. I feel like they've internalized that pretty strongly. Yeah, yeah. that's the constant, you know. Well, that's what,
1: you know, that is, even if I think that Biden is maybe the better choice for very narrow reasons that are specific to me, I think it's kind of sad that Trump didn't get to to win twice because he really did have everybody in power against him, it felt like. Like, I'm sure that there were a lot of, like, oil and gas companies that really loved Trump. But if you turned on the TV, you know, like we were saying before, like, it does not seem like the, the Fox guys even are on his side anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: No, there was some stuff I saw about people, like, actually in the White House are already, like, abandoning ship. And they're just yeah, like, all the, right, the- see the- you later, man. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
3: yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things where I think we'll the further away we get from the vulgarity and the entertaining parts, the more clear it will become that like the main line stuff like tax cuts and, uh, you know, all the the basic things like in judges and all that, that will become more clear. I think that he was just like a standard conservative on all that stuff. But because, because the sort of like weird NGO networks and political campaigners and all that, uh, you know, they were shut out in a lot of ways and a lot of these strange like carnival acts were brought in. I think that is really the main, you you know, you're right that that's kind of like where the, that's where a lot of the grievance with the elites came from. Like it wasn't, it wasn't really the, a lot of the policy stuff. It was more, you know, like it, it was more this, uh, the vulgarity and the sort of uh, the refusal to pretend that things will get a lot better sometime soon kind of thing. I think that yes. Biden is good enough. Biden is good enough that he can kind of hint towards you that, look, I'll listen to you, and maybe we'll do that, but probably not. That's kind of his, yeah. you know, attitude worth a lot of the stuff. Well, Trump is more kind of much more go away, basically. I guess kind of thing. Like even even someone like George W. Bush would. I, I always bring this up because I think it's so. It's 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 something that like people that are too deep into politics stuff sometimes forget when Bush went around campaigning in 2004, he would say stuff like, uh, I will, you know, I fought to expand Medicare. I, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I really, I, I'm a big believer in, uh, you know, no child left behind. I increased the education budgets and all that kind of stuff. Like he was careful to at least signal on the big stuff that he was not, he was not hostile, uh, you know, like to court to like everything that, liberals were sort of interested in at least kind of thing like he he was very careful to push stuff like school charters and all that kind of stuff but anyways the point being that like uh um that is that is something that i think that the the republicans might be able to regain over the next four years or eight years maybe <laughs> and uh democrats yep. won't know how to respond to that that's to some extent you know they won't know how to deal with uh Someone that is a bit better at messaging or whatever. So yeah,
1: if they if they have credible spokesmen, sure. And I'm not sure the people that seem like they want to do that kind of stuff are necessarily those people. Sure. Yeah. I you know, it's kind of become like I think that Trump was um, he was kind of a vehicle for, and I guess for for both sides really. For, for Republicans, Trump was, you know, kind of rep, seemed like he represented the idea that the Republicans could make the changes that they wanted to government and society and, you know, get something back for it and mm-hmm. actually be able to be like, oh, you know, we accomplished that, Where whereas they really didn't get anything they wanted done under Bush unless you just, you know, wanted to fight a war. Yeah. Like the whole, um, you know, I was I was there for the Trump presidency and like the evangelical thing and the culture, the the first round or, you know, last round of the culture war over gay marriage, you know, drugs, public morality kind of stuff that just all went out the window very quickly, you know, just like sand in their hands. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's been kind of funny to think of like in a way, Trump has been the most progressive president we've ever had on those issues. If you just look at what has happened yeah. during his four years, I mean, whether that has anything to do with him is besides the point. It's just funny to think about like the Trump as being the most progressive, like, you know, having the most progressive accomplishments on Whoa. those specific issues.
1: Well, yeah. And for a conservative, it's like looking at that, it's like, oh my God, you know, if you're, if you're a real social conservative, if that's I don't know how many of those people there really are that aren't just, you know, GOP people in general. Mm-hmm. But if you really were that kind of person, you, it would just be horrifying, you know, watching over the decades as the GOP has done less and less and less on that. Maybe you would be like, oh, we ha- we're we going to get rid of Roe v. Wade now, you know, with the, with the six um, Republican justices. But even that, you know, like, you can drive to another state if, they get rid of Roe v. Wade. It, you know, none of that stuff is coming back. You know, you can go to another state and get married, gay married. They get rid of that. That stuff is just, it's down the river. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think that, uh, I, I don't know, though. I think, you know, and then Trump had that sort of, he, he gave that hint at least to people that he was somehow the bulwark against that mm-hmm. changing. But I don't know if, you know, I don't, I don't know even even the stuff with uh, I'm glad that you kind of said also that the Supreme Court stuff is you know I, I think that there's a lot of tendency to kind of overstate the importance of the social conservative elements of that in the moment because uh, I don't know I, I I think it I think it sort of eliminates politics to some extent I mean that's what the Supreme Court in conservative things wants to do it wants to try to mm-hmm. take it out of the sphere of politics but the idea that there wouldn't be a, fight, be a fight back that's effective and stuff or to some sort of decision that was more restrictive or, you know, I mean, I, I feel like uh, there, we have to, you know, remember that things can push be pushed either way. I don't know. I think that that's one of the things that's kind of disappointed me with some of the, like we're very negative on here a lot of the time about things, but uh, mm-hmm. the I think people have been going a little too negative about how bad the Biden presidency is going to be when it's just like, you know, don't, don't, you know, t- it's like, take some lithium kind of thing. Like, like even out a bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's going to, it's going to be okay. I mean, it's going to be as, as pretty much the same. So if it's going to be yeah. pretty much the same, it's like, well, okay, well, just, well, yeah, you know,
1: I have seen a lot of stuff like, oh, you know, here comes the next war, Yeah, you know, and, uh, you know, that's something I've always tried to push back on, which is that, you know, I don't think there's going to be another war. I don't think there's an appetite for it really in the government. You know, there's not an appetite for it in the public and there's not an appetite for it in the military. So I don't think there's going to be one in the government. Well, yeah, yeah. Not a serious war. You know, there might be one of the, you know, Granada. I don't know.
3: But yeah, but even then I think that the the key with that is if that's true, uh, I feel like if you, if you sort of, extrapolate out a conservative outcome or like a you know negative outcome in the future for that uh what makes you different than uh you know just being a conservative or something like that on those issues you know i mean it's like if if you see a war looming and you don't think you have any sort of effective response to it but you're still consider yourself a radical leftist or a leftist or whatever um i feel like it's like I, i just don't i just don't even know what the goal of being in involved in politics would be at that point kind of thing you know what i mean like it's a, it seems well, defeatist uh to start well, if, with i don't know
1: you know you're, you're subject to politics even if you can't get anything you want sure yeah because you know maybe you're you know maybe you wouldn't be interested in politics and you know I, I have a lot of sympathy for that view um but you know politics is interested in you yeah that's gonna that's gonna affect what happens in your life you know to some extent um yeah. You know, I think that over this campaign, I've become more pessimistic about politics in general, really getting anything we want in the in, you know, the short to medium term. Really anyone, you know, if you have any sort of um, positive goals you're trying to achieve, I don't know, you might be better off, you know, starting a business or joining a nonprofit, if that's your thing. I mean, I don't really see a lot good coming out of it in general, and I guess that is kind of a conservative or defeatist approach, but it, I think it's realistic.
3: I, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's true. But I, I guess what I'm kind of getting at is this idea that like it, it seems I'm, I guess I'm talking more about people that are, are actively involved in large groups in either like semi sort of leadership or, you know, some sort sure. of sure. some sort of thing where they're they're asking other people to join them. And, sure. you know, I mean, for, for the three of us, we're not really, you know, we're, I don't know, I, I, we're, we're kind of more observers of all this stuff. But like, when there's people witnesses. that are sort of like, uh, yeah, witnesses. <laughs> if there's like, a, you know, when there's, there's people kind of pushing their, I don't know, you know, like when they're, they're, they're organizational kind of forces and stuff, then I think it's a bit strange to, to then say, you know, you know, we're, oh, like we're the line,
1: you know, or yeah, yeah, I, I hear you on that.
0: Sure. I mean, you um, said it might make more sense to start a business. I think that's exactly what those people are doing. You know, they
1: are in their own way, it's just not a business that's really going to help anybody.
2: Well, yeah. that, well yeah.
0: so they're
1: getting into business. <laughs>
0: It's on us to not not be suckers. It's not on them to like be good guys or whatever.
1: You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. That's
3: and uh, that's fair for, enough. You know, just a reminder to people that we have a five dollar a month Patreon, which you can subscribe <laughs> to. <laughs> and um, get get our take on the, the issues. So yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I was uh you know, you were talking about um Biden not being probably as bad as people i I think people are sort of trying to after being like oh it's so important to vote democrat and all that so i think they're trying to kind of swing back the other way and kind of show like you know i'm still critical i'm like a critical supporter i'm not i'm not just a biden head or whatever yeah so i think there's a little bit of
1: that going going on and there's a lot of pressure on people to do that kind of stuff too to be like oh i'm not just some idiot that watches msnbc
2: Right, right. Because
1: people will will act like that. You know, I'm sure. sure, you know, a couple, you know, some of my more Bernie to Trump people, if, if any of them listen to this, they'll be like, oh, he's just a cuck. He voted for Biden. You right. know, he should have been vote writing in Tucker.
0: Well, I mean, I was kind of feeling that Bernie to Trump style attitude going into the election. Like, I, I was starting to kind of want Trump to win just because I was I, thinking of voting for him, I was, I, yeah. I
1: gave it a good thought. I'm like, maybe Trump's the better one. Maybe right. we just gotta, you know, kick it all down.
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 you know, I totally see where you're coming from. And I was kind of feeling that. But then once it started to kind of be clear that Biden was winning, I was like, no, this is, this is fine. This is actually good.
1: Yeah. Like, I, I, I had a good feeling. I pretty this is pretty much how I expected it to play out. I didn't realize it was gonna go on this long, but I guess it was only five days and it just felt like forever.
2: Yeah,
0: Yeah. I I guess like once I started to kinda read what people were saying about all the write-ins and stuff, I kinda like assumed it would be like like, it wouldn't officially end until the end of the week. And that's, I guess, what happened. But I thought it would be a little bit more clear what was happening mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. within the first couple of days. And that's really what was uh, surprising, I think.
1: And uh, it ended up being so close.
0: Yeah, that's really it's something. There,
1: yeah. the, you know, it's up there in the, you know, millions of votes. And it ends up being, you know, a few thousand, tens of thousands apart. Right in several states, yeah. So yeah. we could have could have been having a totally different conversation today, mm-hmm. with yeah, just a different yeah. roll of the dice.
0: But I mean, I, I'm happy that it, it is the end of Trump. Like, it would have been going into it, I felt like it would have been fun to kind of see more lib tears, lefty tears, yes. and to have like the kind of like you know just to kind of have that like gloaty Pepe feeling, but we got that for a night and then it went this other way that kind of caught me by surprise. And I'm just happy with this now too. So like, I'm I'm just happy.
1: (laughs) That brings (laughs) us to the Trump guys, doesn't it? Sure. I want to talk about these people who no knock on them, but they've been saying some stuff about this election, which is, uh, you know, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but they'll act like, you know, everybody else is a sheep for not realizing it about, you know, the vote totals coming in and they've got some sort of math test that proves that the votes couldn't have come in this way. Yeah, And it's just kind of sad when you Mm. look at it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Got to learn how to take an L sometimes. That's all.
1: Yeah. It, it, it happens. And, you know, we knew that this was, You know, and it's also kind of just, you know, going a bit too far for Trump. He's, you know, he said he wasn't going to concede last election. He said he wasn't going to concede this election. And you're just kind of, you know, doing a bit more work for him than you need to. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Basically, you're buying a little bit of your own supply, kind of getting high on your own supply a little bit, you know? Yeah. Something like that.
1: I don't even necessarily begrudge some guy that sits around and posts on the internet or you know um watches football and logs onto facebook and complain and you know says something crazy i don't necessarily care about those people but you have a lot of these like smart you know smart in in quotes trump guys like steve Saylor has been a big one i keep seeing him popping up um he's mainly known for having um very spicy views on race and iq and he's right. sitting there on his ThinkPad, being like, you know, these numbers just don't add up. And it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. And the the question is, you know, how, you know, I don't think that it's going to amount to anything in this election. There's not really anything Trump can do. Um, there, there was some talk about, you know, making him win anyway, even though he lost, that's not going to happen. None of that stuff's going to happen, but it's going to be like, It's going to be like Russiagate or it's going to be like it with the hanging chads where a bunch of Republicans think, oh, you know, he's not really president. And that's all it's going to amount to.
0: Yeah, it seems like there's this weird pattern now that I've noticed with a lot of these sorts of issues where things just kind of go the way they go and people can make a stink and whatever about it, but it, it doesn't change what actually like. Yeah, it just is what it is. You can't actually change anything. It's just going yeah. the way that it's going to go. So well, yeah. yeah,
1: Well, it, it and it's a problem because people refuse to just acknowledge reality in that in that respect. And you know, people can't accept that their guy lost anymore. Right. They maybe have that's to come up with some sort of thing where the, you know their guy didn't lose.
0: Yeah. Maybe maybe it's less that things are kind of just on these train tracks that no one can change, and it's more that people are just like there's more crying about stuff you know there's just a lot more like no this can't be true kind of thing you know Mm
1: -hmm. yes i think we're gonna get a lot more of these kind of pseudo conflicts over stuff that is really irrelevant to anything you know it's kind of a problem that people have made up like you know russia hacked the election The, the, the the ballots are fake and it's just going to further and further the division in political life and make it less and less likely that we're going to get anything positive out of it.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Well, Well, yeah. yeah.
3: I also noticed that like, there'll be sort of like eruptions of like discourse that happen where people are really, really focused on something. And then uh, it sort of reaches this point where some sort of collective decision happens just by I mean, it's heavily influenced by, uh, you know, the people that have actual power, but like, uh, the, you know, it reaches some sort of decision and then it moves on and almost everyone moves on completely from it, uh, to some extent where I I keep thinking about like the Tara Reid stuff with Biden and stuff where, oh my uh, God, that is the
1: craziest story of the year. Sure.
3: Where like, uh. You know, you had people like AOC saying stuff like, you know, she deserves to be taken seriously. We need to look into this and stuff. And then the second that it was close, you know, the second that Biden was the presumptive nominee, all of that went away, basically, like just instantly. So um, I, mean, I
1: think there was very good um, reason to be skeptical about it, too. Oh, really? Once the information came out on it. I mean, I know a lot of people don't like Michael Tracy for kind of being a, a hot take guy online, but he wrote a good article about, you know, th- this whole saga, and there's so many weird inconsistencies in it. Hmm. Um, like, there's not necessarily a lot there, and it's there's reason to be skeptical of Tara Reid.
0: Oh, huh, that's interesting. I mean, I... I- didn't look too much into it. I just kind of assumed that there was some legitimacy to it, you know, hashtag believe women and all that. But uh, anytime you have this kind of accusation against like a political, you know, like it's obviously like a political issue, I I, I guess it deserves a little bit more scrutiny.
1: Like I'm struggling to remember the exact details, but it's like this has she did work in the Biden. um, She worked as a Biden staffer. And she had told um, her mother or some other confidant that she quit over some sort of sexual harassment thing. But there was no accusation of against Biden at the time. And then later, she was one of the people that accused Biden of or either credibly of sniffing her or something like that. Um, I believe that. <laughs> and, and then it morphed into, um, you know, he sexually assaulted me. I see. Um, and it, and there's really no evidence of that going that if it if it was real, this was the first time she told anyone, and she had already accused the Biden, Biden or the Biden staff of things in the past. And she, um, I thought I found the article convincing, insofar as that I was not as sure. That that this was something deserve it that that we had to take seriously anymore. She seems like a, you know. I guess they always attack the character of you know people who are cute, who do this stuff. But she seems like a really strange person. It's been in a lot of legal disputes. It's her name isn't hmm. really even Tara Reed. She's like changed it two or three times. You know. Weird. Why would you I'd, change it sure to like she... a
0: famous actress's name that is spelled differently? That's odd.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's weird. And, you know, and she says that it's because her husband is stalking her um, or something like that. But as far as it it, it seems like he wants to have nothing to do with her. And she just, she, this has all been involved. There was like a fight with her and a divorce. And again, I'm struggling to remember the details, but I find it uh, when I read that, I was like, Oh, this is really weird. I, I don't know why this was taken so seriously and why you Know, we didn't know any of this stuff. We just kind of heard, like, oh, Tara Reed, and then it went away, hmm. and maybe it went but, away for a good reason, but
3: yeah, but who that, knows, right? But that's the thing is, that I don't know, you know, the way that these things happen. Uh, that's the thing that interests me. I mean, it, to be honest, it's like the I'm more interested in the, the meta sort of part of it where it's like the way that those decisions are made collectively, like the same would be, like another example would be like Russiagate stuff where or some stuff around that with, uh, you know, like uh, the impeachment proceedings and stuff where they go hard on a certain angle and then the second that it doesn't pan out how they want or whatever, you know, it gets to the point where in the DNC, like, you know, where they were talking about Biden and stuff, I don't think that they mentioned it many times at all, right? Like that, I think that they just kind of left it Uh, aside that kind of stuff even though for a long time it was like their number one issue that sort of like collective decision to sort of shut out this this you know whole elements of discourse is interesting to me because uh, i think that's a lot of what these cultural sort of debates will end up looking like yeah uh, in different ways you know
1: itself very quickly
3: yeah and uh, uh and i think that's where uh especially with biden harris that's where they're gonna put a lot of their focus will be on things where they can do something that seems that sort of like has the valence of being progressive but doesn't mm-hmm. touch doesn't touch the sort of uh, coalition they're trying to build of that includes like, you know, moderate suburban nights and all that kind of stuff. Like they're try to find ways of, you know, just signaling to people that to get the memes on Instagram and stuff like that, right? Like where they yes. they, yeah. they they, uh, you know, forgive student loans for people that start small businesses in uh, minority neighborhoods or something like that.
1: But then, oh, oh my uh, God. you know, stuff <sighs> that like that was you know? that is a crazy statement. And yeah, oh, I think, and they had to be there for three years too. Yeah, and it, it was so specific. It was Pell Grant recipients who started a business in a mo- minority community for three years.
0: Yeah, it kind yeah. of so, reads so, like yeah. her cousin. Like she had someone specific in mind that she wrote that for, <laughs> you know?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: and uh, I think that's going to be interesting to watch. It will be that like, uh, you know, that signaling kind of stuff that will happen where it'll be like uh, a lot of the Hollywood movie kind of stuff where it's like, we're we're the ones making the changes that are gonna benefit the community and all that stuff and uh you know isn't it great i don't know i remember uh stand-up comedy in 2009 i think was probably one of the worst years for it because uh you had people like Patton oswald and david cross and stuff going out there being like isn't everything amazing now and stuff (laughs) isn't the world so good you know the at the peak of like uh people leaving losing their houses and all this kind of stuff they're going out there being like we're living in the perfect timeline and all that, you know. And I don't know, so I feel like we might get a bit of that this time still, even though people should know better. I don't know.
0: SNL is yeah. gonna be horrendous. I don't know. I don't well, know. If it's been I, yeah. horrendous. So yeah,
1: I, yeah, I mean that ship has sailed. You know, it's it's uh, yeah. late season think, Simpsons now.
0: I think we're gonna see a new level that's just gonna look make this.
2: Stuff yeah. <laughs>
0: I don't. Yeah. Although, although, what's his face? Uh, John Mulaney went on there and talked some shit about Biden and how, like, oh, it's yeah, yeah, you know, it's just all the same kind of stuff. That I don't know what that was about. That was kind of interesting. Yeah, they yeah. had Bill Burr on there, and I think they kind of knew what they were getting with Bill Burr. Oh so, yeah. yeah, I didn't yeah, know so, that. Bill Burr yeah. was great on there. It was really funny because he was. You couldn't say that he was like against any of the left kind of liberal things. Like he was clearly like from the side of like blm is good you know all that he wasn't Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. criticizing it but he was saying stuff about it that was making the people in the audience uncomfortable so it kind of oh that's great it it kind of bombed in a way but it was one of the i mean bill burr is the best at this where he kind of is bombing but it makes the makes it better and then it yeah yeah (laughs) he digs himself out of that hole really really well
3: I think he was using jokes from his uh, 2019 special. Like I think he sort of borrowed some of the material from that for that and uh, sort of toned it in a different way where it was like, uh, you know, in the special, he kind of is much more opens up being like, uh, you know, complaining about woke people and all that kind of stuff. But I think that he kind of cut to the chase maybe in the SNL stuff and got right to that point of, uh, you know, making the liberals uncomfortable in a way that doesn't give them much ammo to uh, attack them. I don't know. But uh, um, the other thing I keep thinking about is uh, it keeps running through my head is that uh, Paul Mooney had a special where he uh, was talking about Obama winning and then he kind of goes on like a story about, you know, being disappointed in Obama over time and all that. And um, but he had this thing where he said that like when Obama won, he was like running out in the street in Harlem just yelling. Obama beat your mama and stuff, and it's just, like, just getting all like, getting all like, flipping out, being like, our beautiful black president and stuff like that. So I don't know. I keep thinking that like Obama beat your mama, seeing these people like out in the street, but it's for like Biden, just kind of like I don't know. Like, <laughs> and that like, seems to be happening, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. So we'll see what happens, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 it's going to be a weird year, I think, of, of like people feeling their way through comedy and trying to figure out what to do with it, you know. So,
0: yeah, I'm going to miss COVID. They're going to shut that down on the first <laughs> yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Going to end the quarantine. Back to regular old black and white life.
3: Yeah, January twenty twentieth, two thousand twenty one. They'll give out the. They'll be like, oh no, no, we had this, uh, we've had this uh, vaccine since. You know, for a year we just been sitting on it because we didn't want to give it to Trump. You know, I know. couldn't trust it in Trump's <laughs> hands; he would have dropped it or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
0: yeah, the, that first day I'm gonna like step outside my apartment, and the bright sun is just like in my eyes. <laughs> like, oh, <no."> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I don't know; it'll be interesting. I think it's gonna be fun to see the all the jubilation kind of fade a little bit as people realize like oh wait shit is really bad and this yeah, is yeah yeah not solving yeah, anything yeah it,
1: it's gonna get the the economy's terrible there's the coronavirus it's not going away and we're probably in for a whole lot of hurt
0: a lot of this stuff is not trump's fault in particular he's not been good about handling it but it's not like it, like Biden is going to be very good about it either. And, uh, and it's not like anybody can do anything about it. Yeah. And now you can't blame him in that same way. Yeah. You can't yeah. Be like, oh, look at the stupid orange guy. Like, okay, now it's you got what you wanted. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, not. Yeah. Uh, let's see how this works, guys. Well, yeah. you know, you, you
1: say that, but he can absolutely turn around and be like, oh, you know, it, it's Trump's fault. He was He was president, started under him. Yeah. And that's what's going to happen. And it's going to be a whole ridiculous fight over, you know, nothing. Yeah. You're not. There's no way out of the, the, the problems we're in, no clear way out. It's not like if we did one, it, you know, even if it's like, oh, we did rent forgiveness. It's not like that would solve the economic problem we're under there's yeah. not any clear you know left-wing policy you could just slap in there i don't know you could be like well let's nationalize everything and have communism now but that's you know not a real political proposal it's not yeah. going to happen
0: to sure. be honest i don't even know if that would really i mean that would obviously that would be a radical change there would be huge you know that would have a lot of positive benefits and probably some negative consequences as well but i don't know if that would even solve everything you know we we got
1: a lot of problems well didn't yeah i mean you know you had the soviet union and all that that didn't work out all that well so yeah
3: um one thing that people have been saying a bit that i i think is probably true is that it does sort of uh bring up some it it adds to my fears about climate change i guess i would say where Mm -hmm. uh you know we have this Semi unexpected shock, like it's something that you know theoretically you should be saying, well, we should have known that a pandemic was going to come around someday and be better prepared. You can always say that, but mm-hmm. like it's semi unexpected shock, and you know you've got maybe ten percent, twenty percent of people are actively trying to undermine the problem, kind of thing. You know, like a <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, like a, having parties and all this kind of stuff or whatever. And uh, you have a lot of conflicting, even the people in good faith, conflicting advice, conflicting problems, uh, you know, anyways. But basically the idea is that, like, I, I, can imme- I can very much see climate change sort of showing up as a issue more and more where, you know, things get worse and worse in terms of the environment. And it will be a situation where we all should have known what we should have done yeah uh, to some extent and then uh things will be really bad and then we'll just have to be dealing with it and uh the told you so part won't matter right like it just the told you so part is going to be like uh you know people that wrote books about climate change in the 1990s being like oh you know we're in this uh, downward spiral now in certain respects and uh
0: yeah, yeah, Nice book, asshole. Why didn't you kill yeah. some oil executive Yeah,
1: why didn't or you read Bill you really... McKibben? <laughs> right. Yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If
0: you really um, cared, uh, blow something up. All right, we'll cut that part. Well, I, <laughs> I, I I do
2: think
1: um, the problem with the comparison of, of coronavirus and climate change is that Corona hit like you know like that. It just Hit there's corona we're all locked down. It's not going to be like that for climate. It's going to play out very slowly and agonizingly over decades. Mm-hmm. So I it, it's I kind of don't like the term climate crisis, which is one of the ones that you know I, I think like the Guardian uses. They call it like climate crisis or climate catastrophe. Um mm-hmm. I think that those are like the favored terms for them now and. It's kind of different from a crisis. Coronavirus is definitely a crisis, but it's like the difference between the, coronavirus is a pandemic. Um, climate change will be more like an endemic disease. It's going to be something that's. It's going to be like when we had to live with smallpox and malaria and all these other these diseases that occurred periodically and over a very long period of time caused a whole lot of suffering. So it's going to be kind of, I think that that makes a big difference in how people perceive things. Because mm-hmm. the coronavirus, even people who don't, who are totally opposed to these restrictions, you know, in March they were locked down. You know, I saw yeah. what my, my, my town has terrible congestion, and I saw it go from you know undriveable to nobody's on the roads. It was incredible, mm-hmm. and yeah. I don't think that that climate change, it unless there's you know unless it's much worse than we think, it's never going to be able to really motivate people's behavior or their perception of the world the way that coronavirus did.
3: Mm-hmm. that's interesting yeah um, not
1: not in the immediate future maybe sure. to over a very long time it's gonna it's gonna modify the way we the way we see things and the way we behave
0: sure can I, can i float an idea by you guys okay. all right this is i'm i'm guessing at maximum ten percent maybe five percent probability of this being possible um what if Elon Musk or some guy like that is actually able to pull something off where they can like launch missiles full of like liquid nitrogen into the atmosphere or something and just kinda ha- pull something out of the hat that just Yes like miraculously <laughs> solves everything, you know? Is it, <laughs> I don't know. Like I well, feel like that's in the card somewhere. Like
1: that's <laughs> one of the things I I, I I spend a lot of time thinking about. I spend a lot of time looking up the ways that they propose to do that kind of stuff. And it, it's probably never going to happen because the only way you can really solve that problem in a long-term way and in a way that doesn't create a whole bunch of... Like, adding a bunch of carbon to your atmosphere causes a whole bunch of problems beyond just the climate change and beyond just the global warming, that is. You would have to basically pull it out you, you got to get the carbon out of the atmosphere. And that's mm-hmm. very, very hard. It is energetically intensive. It takes a lot of electricity or other means of energy to do. So it's going to cost a lot of money however you do it. If you can do it at, at at a reasonable scale. So there are schemes where you could keep the world from warming by putting something in the atmosphere um, putting minerals on the ground that are going to absorb carbon putting something on like uh on big cargo ships that will jet seawater into the air and create clouds you know these are you know these mad scientists schemes which you know maybe we should do you know and it seems for climate change seems pretty bad maybe we should do something like that but there will still be all sorts of other problems coming down the pike even if we do that and even if we keep the car and even if we get the temperature lower than it would be otherwise. Mhm. All right. Well, um there's so there's no real there's no there's never going to be a silver bullet. Sure.
2: I see. Well, and I,
1: and, I, and I don't want to shut down that like yeah, what if Elon Musk comes out, yeah, like that's a that's a cool thought, but at the same time it doesn't seem likely based on what we see right now seems like it's going to be very very hard to do anything like that sure And and it's important it's important to have that out there in the open so that people know that sometimes people over what i i follow a lot of climate people and they will often talk as though that kind of stuff is supposed to be the only thing we do and maybe we don't have to cut carbon maybe we don't have to switch to renewables or whatever and i don't really see that very much among anybody who knows much about the issue but they they are right that yes you can't do that
0: mm-hmm. yeah i mean um, just to be clear i'm not like a musk fan or nothing like i was just because that no, would be really funny I, if he was able to do it i was just like what if he I, did it that would be great
1: <laughs> you know no no i yeah no, yeah, no i totally hear you i just i feel it's just one of my uh you know it's one of the things i care about
0: sure it's yeah. Just, yeah
1: well um, where we where we go, it's important. I think it's important to emphasize that because this stuff gets a lot of press in the kind of small climate circle, and that seems to be the consensus on it. And some people, I think, are actually too negative on it. They think we should be we should not even think about that stuff at all, which mm-hmm. I think is misguided. You know, we know that there's so many bad consequences of. Uh, raising global temperature that we should be willing to take some radical risks if it seems like we're gonna get there. Mm-hmm. But or you know, it can even be you know, you can um the thing about putting the chemicals in the atmosphere, we're already kind of doing that with just through industry. Like it's um sulfates, um like SO two that you know, that's an industrial pollutant and it gets into the upper atmosphere and it cools the planet. Um, I think we should absolutely be thinking about assuming we can get out the polluting industries that are doing that, all the coal plants, all the, I think it comes from a number of sources, but mainly from burning fossil fuels. As we burn less fossil fuels, we should think seriously about replacing the sulfates that are coming from that and going ahead and getting a little more temperature reduction from just artificially inter- reintroducing that because people say, you know, there's a, there's a big risk in doing that, which is true, but we're already kind of doing it. So it, there's no reason to think that doing it deliberately is going to be worse for the planet than doing it accidentally right now.
2: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Sure.
1: Um,
3: yeah. this this whole thing about like it being more of a it's sort a of rolling problem that's endemic and stuff. It reminds me of uh, something that one of my uh, economist professors uh, um, uh, used to talk about, where he got very uh, angry—not angry, but yeah—he got concerned that like a lot of uh, the debate around um, pension reform and like social security and things like that, uh, people would like talk a lot in Canada about there being like a crisis, or the United States about like some sort of shortfall and how it was going to fall apart, and then you know, we would all be bankrupt and we wouldn't be able to afford pensions and all this kind of stuff, right? And uh, he he would always, it was kind of funny because he was very relaxed about it and then he would just kind of go, he's like, do people not realize that like you get old one year at a time? He was, like, <laughs> he was like, he's like, you know, it's like, yeah, okay, maybe 15 years from now there might be a problem. We'll figure it out over 15 years. It's like, it's not really, you know, yeah. that, that's kind of his... uh Thing with that. And I guess that is that is true to some extent with the, you know, with these sort of rolling things where it will, you know, uh, if it kind of rolls on, then you can kind of think, well, yeah, but that gives us, you know, to some extent, uh, it, time yeah. to fix certain things here and there, at least. It's
1: not, I, you know, I definitely you know, agree with that. And you know. I think that as you see more serious stuff happening, happening with climate, you're going to get... Here's the thing. The reason that people will say it's a crisis is that we're going to miss a certain goal or a carbon budget if we don't take X action in X amount of time, mm-hmm. which maybe they're right. Maybe, you know, that's the way we should think about it, but that's not the way most people think about it. They're going to look at it as it's affecting them and they're going to weigh weigh the cost against the benefits basically like I, I remember back during um the o eight recession you ha- you could look at opinion polls and like before the um before the recession hit it was like you know seventy percent of people said protecting the environment was more important than helping the economy and then it, as soon as the recession hits, it flips. It's like seventy percent or eighty percent, even say the economy is more important than the environment. Mm-hmm. Those kind of things are gonna are gonna keep are gonna happen if you try to do something that's really gonna restructure everything to fix the climate issue. Mm-hmm. And it, that's what make I don't think that a lot of these proposals to you know not necessarily the green new deal or, but more people are like, we have to totally restructure our lives. We have to stop producing energy or whatever to hit this goal. They're not really realistic because you can't impose that on people. People are the second you put that in place, people are going to be like, Oh, you've completely f- turned my life upside down to fix this issue, which is 25 years off at the, at the best. Hmm. And and it's not really going to work. But as you, I think that there, it, we also won't get the worst scenarios where we're just, we never transition anything because it can always be put off. You know, sure. as it, it, it's already had some effects. We've already seen a lot of growth in particularly renewable power. There's more EVs, even though those are less of a, those aren't moving the needle very much in comparison to renewable power but you know they're they're there you can get them um i think that that stuff is going to build slowly and you'll have you'll be able to avoid the worst stuff but we won't necessarily be able to get the uh the radical action we might want to hit those goals of say 1.5 C or 2 C sure we're probably going to go over that and maybe even at the end of the century we're still going to be emitting carbon and the, the problem won't it'll still be there yeah unless it's zeroed out eventually the planet will warm you know unless it's zeroed out we'll warm indefinitely and we'll get up yeah. into those really high temperatures that have very scary consequences um tom do, you, do we have
3: a do you want to maybe move into some of the questions that we have from the audience uh yeah sure relate we'll, to let's, this or? let's do that but yeah, I, I actually that's a, yes I,
0: that's a good idea but i i have a question for alex actually so Here's a scenario. I want you to tell me how likely you think this is. Uh, Okay. Total climate apocalypse. Like it's just a wasteland, you know, across most of the earth and like 90% or 95% of the world's population just lives in like Mad Max style, you know, Mm -hmm. fallout level post apocalypse kind of thing. And there's like a small, you know, group of people like the elites that kind of built up these little like climate apartheid kind of bunker compound right yeah they're living in a
1: missile silo or something
0: right and they're just hooked up to vr like most (laughs) of the day and they just kind of live in like this paradisal sort of vr world and uh you know we just kind of like scrap with each other over like little pockets of water and and things like that on the surface and then uh the real treasure is that we get one of these vr units like that's what like it's not really about like rebuilding the world it's just like we just kind of ultimately like want to get a vr get our hands on some vr for ourselves so that we can also kind of live in that world what do you is that like (laughs) i don't know what do you think that that that, you know that'll happen eventually
1: there's a lot of good um jack vance novels that are kind of that kind of have that in there they got the you know, Jack, the dying earth kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, that's going to happen eventually, but it's not going to happen because of climate change. It's going to happen because, uh, I don't know the old gods or something like that. (laughs) You know, things are, things are going to run out, but the climate change, you know,
0: that's kind of like a, it's like a Reza Nagaristani thing where like Salafism is just like this flattening thing that turns the whole world into a desert and the oil is, the inside coming outside or whatever, you know. You've yes. read Cyclonopedia yeah. right?
1: Yes. Yeah, and and raises raises on Twitter now, and he he will respond to you.
0: Yeah, have you, I, have you, we're uh, mutual followers, actually.
1: Good, good. Yeah, yeah he's he's, great guy. You know, he's interesting, really generous and smart, and uh, willing to talk to you about anything. Um, yeah, that's going that's all gonna come true. <laughs> right. Just it, it would, if you stretch out the time scales enough sure
0: yeah that will, I mean I always just think about like the Sahara used to be green the Middle East used to be covered in forest well here's not, one not that long nice,
1: ago yeah well here's one nice thing about climate change even in the in the high end scenarios one area that's <clears throat> gonna get a lot more rain or at least we think so we're not we don't have the the rainfall patterns are not as certain as the temperature change, which already has a lot of variation in it. But we think probably the Sahel region of Africa, right there on the the southern half of the Sahara, is probably going to get more rain. And that may be, you know, that can also create floods and all sorts of other things. But it seems like that area, it's going to get greener. There's, there's that. Huh.
0: That's interesting. <laughs> you know, in the Quran, it says that... Uh, you plot and plan, but God is the best of planners. So we'll just have to wait and see how, what he's got in store for us. Sounds about right. Um, yeah. All right. So let's, let's jump into these questions here. Um, I sent out a little call for questions. So we got some specifically for you, Alex. So, uh, this should be fun. Okay. Um, okay. So the first one here is how do we develop more cheap power in more places in a decentralized, non-polluting manner? renewables if it that's
1: based on that description it renewables um i'm not sure it should all be decentralized though i mean that's i think that is kind of a um it's an understandable commitment but it may be better to have some things more centralized like and i think that uh, you know it's kind of a dialectic um the current situation is that what we do is, um, say, if you take California or another place, um, at least in the U.S., that is going heavily on renewables, they will also have to build gas power as a backup. Because gas power has a very specific advantage that neither coal or renewables or even nuclear have, is that it's very dispatchable, which means that it can, you can turn it on and off very quickly. So if there's a spike in demand, you can go ahead and turn it on very quickly and get that power to the people that want it. Um, Renewables, you have no control over that at all. Um, On coal and gas, it takes a long time to start up and shut down the plants, and they don't really do that. So I think as you are expanding this kind of distributed renewables network, which is not all that distributed they have big wind farms and big solar farms um there's rooftops solar and so much and stuff like that but it uh, that's a small part um but it, it, it that digression aside um you have the distributed relatively renewables but you also have the gas coming in on the other end and obviously the other problem with the gas is that it emits carbon not as much as coal but it about half as much. So I think if you're talking about something that would do it perfectly, it's hard to say. I mean there's um ID there's you would have to have new technology, I would think. Um is the only way. If you wanna if you want to keep the if you want to keep the levels, you know, at where they are and rising in places where it's deficient. You'd need um, small modular nuclear reactors, uh, some way to do better geothermal, um, or s- some sort of breakthrough in storage technology, which may not, which may be like thermodynamically impossible.
2: Hmm. Um.
0: I I actually have a question for you. Uh. So, I was listening to the alex jones episode uh of rogan that he recently Uh, did me too right and he was going on about clean coal and i know that's like fake but how fake is like is it complete fantasy this idea of clean coal or whatever uh clean
1: coal is probably fake you could do like 90 or 95 percent uh clean Um, really? But it's not yeah. yeah. But it's not really clear if it would be um, economically viable. Um, the the problem with the coal is really it's more carbon. But you know there have been plants where they like, and there are plants now where they sequester um, carbon. Like I think there's a lot in there's a few in Scandinavia. There's one that operated in the U.S. and it's gone because it couldn't make money, but it's not, it's not technically impossible, but whether it is uh, cost effective and if we can have a larger infrastructure and economy that can support it, it's, it, it's really not sure. I, I think if you, the, you were talking before about, you know, Elon Musk fixes a problem. If there was a fix to the problem like that, it would be clean gas.
2: Hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah. Because like Jones was saying that in Utah, there's like sources of clean coal that can power the entire world a thousand times over for years, and that it's uh, it burns so clean it only separates into like pure carbon and pure water. Uh,
1: that yeah. That's that. That yeah. That's nonsense. But right, the uh, the, right. the the clean coal is what you can do is uh, clean coal. Clean fossil fuels is. You burn the fossil fuels to make electricity, and then you capture the carbon somewhere, and you sequester it into an old oil field.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's
1: something. It's called CCS, carbon uh, carbon capture and sequestration. I see. And that is, you know, a lot of environmentalists are totally opposed to it at all. But looking at the um, the way that renewables have really taken off and become um extremely cheap i think that um and the way they pair so well with gas if you could actually do that you know it wouldn't be the best solution we would still have carbon being emitted but it would be considerably better than the other options we have um Mm -hmm. at least in at least short term um yeah. if you're tell- that, if we had a that world might- that w- that was powered by renewables and gas with c c s in twenty one hundred that would be a good end the to the climate story of the century i would think
0: huh okay, and that seems a little bit less like extreme in terms of the kinds of reforms that are not, you know that need to be made like at a political economic sort of level you know if you're still using gas like you're not taken from the wallet of like the elites too bad you know what I mean you're still kind of yes, they
1: get, yes. They get theirs. and I think that yes and, uh, and I guess it's on duty bound to mention that they have been well this kind of gets into a whole other kind of worms but there are let's just say there are many many people that would dispute whether this is viable at all and whether we should even be talking about it but I'll let them make their
0: own case Okay, sure. Yeah, we got we got plenty of questions to get through, so let's keep moving here. Um, next one is true or false. Because there are no permanent resource scarcities, no resource limits, and no intergenerational equity, all most conservation ep- efforts do is deprive existing populations from the advantages that exist in contemporary use of the resource base. So that's a bit that's difficult a- to parse. Do you understand the question there?
1: Um, I do, and I think I, I think I accept a lot of the premises. What is, the, what's the inter intergenerational equity? I don't know. <laughs> no and I'm <laughs> I'm not sure what that means. Um, but the let's say no permanent resource scarcities. I think that's true. Um, and no
0: resource limits.
1: maybe at least in the short term, there's not. We're not going to run out of iron this century. Right. Say. Okay. Um, and what was the
0: other one? Those, those were the three. And so because of that, all that conservation efforts do is deprive existing populations from the advantages that exist in contemporary use of the resource space. So it seems like by, though, given those three premises, it's, there's no point in conserving.
1: Uh, okay. Okay. Um, this is saying conserving non-renewable resources. Um, well, some resources are non-renewable. Obviously, um, fossil fuels are not very common in the, the Earth's crust compared to, say, iron. Um, obviously, you want to conserve those. I- even if you want things that are not just oil, you you, you might want plastic. You would want to conserve those. But as far as like metals go, I don't think there's necessarily a reason that you would have to conserve. We should just use less zinc because we're going to run out eventually maybe we i
2: don't no, think zinc people might are be concerned that about that, maybe though, zinc right? would run
1: out in you know five thousand years or something i have really no idea well and i guess that's the point in the very very long term you could run into to, to shortages for some of these resources you know i'm kind i kind of lean on the uh cornucopian edge of that stuff i was talking about it with somebody earlier um where it, we don't have to worry about immediate resource shortages but maybe in the long term it would be better to to conserve these things um whether we should do it now whether we should really be do it, we should use as little as, as possible maybe not i'm not sure um especially if you're talking about like international development if people need a bunch of steel to build factories go ahead and do it um but I think in the, in the longer term, I think it's something that should be taken more seriously. But it, it's not necessarily relevant for any decision you would make today.
2: Yeah. So, yeah.
3: so two things on this. One One is that I'm pretty sure this question, it's like a facetious question that is making fun of cornucopianism. I think that's... Uh, that's probably true. Th- that's, that's the <laughs> angle. And then uh, the other thing, though, is that we had a poster, a uh, beloved poster on uh, the Rezon that his name Mustang... Who uh, used to bring up, bring up a lot that uh, scarcity of metals in renewables and stuff, and, and uh, hey, he would say stuff about. What's uh, up, Mustang? Thanks for sending <laughs> in
0: the question. <laughs> yeah,
3: um, you know, like copper shortages and stuff like that. Like he thought that uh, that the renewables would reach a limit of utility because. You have to build solar panels and stuff. Do you believe that at all? Do you think that there's some? Oh, no? it's
1: total like nonsense, basically. Okay. I mean, you know, and and well, let's see. You know, obviously, we're not going to run out of the metals. You know, not anytime soon. If a very long term, thousands, tens of thousands of years that that could happen. maybe hundreds, if you're pessimistic. Okay. Um But and the other thing people will say is like, oh, you know. I think this was the point of the the Michael Moore movies, like oh, you know, they just you know if you build renewables, it emits more carbon than you know it than it would than a gas plant would, which is a, just a joke, which mm-hmm. is totally untrue and just confuses the situation, okay, but you know, obviously Mustang knows what he's talking about, <laughs> you know that guy to be on the level. <laughs>
0: I've I've played enough Civilization that I know that it's usually better to chop a forest than to keep it around for the long term. Uh, hammer <laughs> pieces that yeah, you get yeah, from yeah. it. So that's that uh, that makes sense to me. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next question. Is degrowth necessary to deal with environmental disaster? And do you have any thoughts on Thomas de Gregory? De I- I'm not sure.
1: I I kind of feel bad about neglecting the degrowth people. Um, I I haven't read Thomas E. Gregory. I don't know if he's good or bad. I've um, talked with oh, what's his name? It's like Klaes, George Klaes, or something like that. He wrote a book about what it's like in respect of limits or something, which was. Th- the reviews i read of it were more interesting than i expected from degrowth people um he said mm, he re- he rejected uh, a kind of malthusian um limits to growth idea which is the kind of thing you got from the um well the club of rome and the limits to growth uh report re- which was said we're going to run out of minerals If we don't, there's going to be too much pollution and everybody's going to die. So we have to institute limits to growth to prevent a Malthusian collapse. And you also had a lot of that in people like Paul Ehrlich. Um, He had a more interesting idea, which is that we should have basically self imposed limits. Um, We should take less from, we should do things that are less uh, environmentally intensive um because we'd like to conserve things like the natural world and i have a lot of sympathy for that view i'm kind of a um an old school environmentalist i like uh you know um saying count, county almanac and that kind of stuff um but at the same time i i think that that is more of a that's not necessarily something that you can expect everyone to subscribe to. It, it you know, not everybody it, you have to balance that with the the material needs that people have. Um so I think that you can convince a lot of you you can convince people to do meaningful changes at a at a level that is more than just sort of subcultural environmentalism where you know you, you like going on hikes or whatever um on that basis but we shouldn't i'm not sure it's the basis for a political ideology in a political economy i have a lot of sympathy for it you know a, as i understand it at reading and trying to read it um in a what would be the word a, a charitable light um but i'm not necessarily sure that's something you can balance with the economy even in even if we assume the economy was a lot more egalitarian than it is right now
2: mhm
0: all right so let's wrap up here with a uh, a comment from our favorite question submitter in the end of the day it seems q was right all along they were really after him Alas, my white race, my beautiful race, what will it be of us? So, I don't know. Any comments on that, guys? That's not really a question,
1: but. Um, <laughs> we could, the U.S. could embrace pan-Turkism. Hell yeah, we could now you're talking about take, take We could take back uh, Karabakh. Mm-hmm. And we could we could establish a joint American and Azeri settlement of Karabakh getting rid of all the Armenians, of course, and that could bring a new life to the United States under Joe Biden.
2: Yeah. Wow.
0: Sound, sounds interesting. I'll, I'll um, leave it at that.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't really feel like I have standing here to talk because uh, I consider myself biracial, being white and Ukrainian. <laughs> so uh, not really going to... Um. You know, I I feel like, yeah, uh, you know, we're Uh, the future, the Mestizo. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, yeah.
0: It will be interesting to see what happens with the Q people. Um, I've seen some people kind of talking about like when prophecy fails, you know, the the whole idea that when uh, a prophecy like that fails, that people tend to double down, like the cult kind of doubles down on the prophet instead of, you know, abandoning him because of his failure and stuff so it'll be interesting to see what happens i can definitely see that being the case that it works that way yeah so i I don't know i i don't think we're done with the whole like trump uh q kind of crazy thing you know i think that's still going to be a a vocal movement in the country for at least a year or so at least i think that politics will
1: increasingly come to resemble that kind of stuff Mm. Yeah, yeah
0: yeah if you think about it as like the tea party kind of shifted into this this has not been just like a flash in the pan it's been a long no, time coming no
1: and and the the liberals have done their fair share of that stuff too with all the the russia stuff and yeah, so on yeah. and
0: this this kind of like uh the, the whole woke stuff has become a little bit cultish as well you know like it's gone a little bit beyond just like uh enthusiastic support for progressive policies or whatever is kind of like in some instances if it ever was you know right right so sure yeah yeah fun times in the good old usa
3: sure yeah well thanks for coming on alex again and uh yeah thanks for having me on this
0: yeah always a pleasure Um, thanks for listening guys if you'd like a second episode of the podcast uh, every week you can subscribe to our patreon for five bucks and you'll get that as well as access to our discord where you can chat with us in our community Uh, if you want to send in anonymous questions you can do so by heading over to the uh, podcast twitter account at you can't win pod and you'll find a link to the curious cat pinned there and we will answer your questions on the, the next episode Uh, Thanks for listening, and we will catch you next week.